Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Not evil, but overcome evil with good. May the Lord add his blessing to this portion of his word. What relationship should we who are Christian have with those who are not Christian? Should there be a close association and fellowship? How do we treat them in work, at home, or wherever we might be associated with them? How can we actually say no to some of the things that they might invite us to do without appearing snobbish or holier than thou? How do we really react in this thing of dealing with and living with people who do not see life as we see it? Who do not see the church in the same way that we recognize it? Who do not see Jesus Christ as Savior as we see him? How can we deal with those problems of associating with them? There are those who would say that we ought to separate ourselves completely from anyone who is not Christian. But we do not find support of that in the scripture. Rather, we find that we are in the world, but we are not to be a part of the world. What did the Lord mean when he said those words? Well, I believe he simply indicated that we are to be and live in this world But that does not mean that we are to assume the living standards of the world. We are to maintain a standard of living that is superior to that which would be taught by Satan and his forces. As a matter of fact, I believe the scripture would teach us that we ought to be in the very midst of people who are not Christian. You've all heard the little simple Simon rhymes over the years from the time that you were children there is one that says something about simple Simon fishing in a barrel there were no fish in the barrel but he was fishing in the barrel sometimes I believe that we as Christian people have built a barrel and we've filled it full of water and we're hoping somehow that there will be a fish jump into our barrel and then we can put in the line and hook and we will be able to successfully pull out a fish. What is this saying? It's nice that we have a church to which we can come. It's important that we have a church where we can worship and fellowship with Christian people. But it's more important that we take the gospel of Jesus Christ that we are taught here and take it out where the fish are. And not hope somehow that a fish will jump into the barrel. We find the teachings of Christ were to that very point, to the point that he was almost hated by those who loved him because he associated with those who were sinners. He put his arm around the shoulders of Mary Magdalene out of whom he had to cast seven devils. He forgave the sins of the adulterers and the adulteress. 
He forgave the blasphemy of Peter. He forgave even had he asked for it. The disgrace brought upon himself by Judas. For the Lord our God is one who reaches out to all kinds of people, to those who love him and to those who do not love him alike. He made no distinction in his friends. He was one that would say to Nicodemus or to Peter the same phrases. He is one who would say to the sinner in the gutter as he would say to the beloved disciple John equally I love you no distinction no differential in verse 14 Paul gives us the beginning of the, the theme that we want to look at this morning when he tells us to bless them which persecute you bless and curse not. We all have heard the word eulogy, a word that is spoken at many funerals when someone will stand up and say good things, speak well of the dead. I remember the story of one funeral in which the pastor was giving the speak well speech, the eulogy, and was going on and on about all the good things that the deceased had done. And the widow punched her son sitting next to her and said, Well, go up and look in that casket and make sure that's your dad in there. It didn't quite ring true. But the admonition that the Lord gives us here is that we are a group of people who will speak well of everyone. We will not come up with evil words, with backbiting tales, with those things that ought never to be said. We will speak well. Some of you will remember D.L. Moody, a great evangelist of many years ago, who had a great way of speaking. I, of course, never heard him speak, but I have read many, many of his sermons. In one of his sermons, he was quoting Jesus as saying these words. Of course, these were not the words in the Scripture. Jesus did not say this in these, in these exact words, but the infant certainly is there. The Almudi quoted Jesus as saying, Go find the man who thrust his spear into my side and tell him, there is a quicker way to my heart. He said, find the man who crowned me with thorns and tell him I would like to give him the crown of life. Yes, speak well. Even of those who do us evil, speak well. Jesus on the cross spoke no evil to those who nailed him there. Instead, he prayed to his Father in heaven, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. He spoke well to the thief that hung on his left, 
And he also spoke well to the thief that was hanging on his right. And the one who could recognize that Jesus had done no wrong and did not deserve this death and prayed to Jesus that he would remember them when he came into his kingdom, Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. He spoke well to the point that when Jesus gave up the ghost and his head fell to his chest, the centurion, the Roman guard who stood at the foot of the cross and had observed all of this, said, Truly, this was the Son of God. And how did he recognize it? For who else could speak so well of those who was putting him to death as the Son of God and who would beg God's forgiveness upon all of those who put him there and listen? You and I as well help drive the nails into the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ who hung upon the cross, for it was our sin that put him there. And he speaks well of us to the Father. Never a word of murmur, never a word complaining, but stands today as our advocate, and that's the word I'm going to preach about next Sunday, the advocate speaks well of us. He is our advocate, taking us before the Father and asking the Father to forgive us even of those things that we have done to cause him harm. Some of you will know well the story of Adam Judson, perhaps the greatest missionary that ever went to the field, as far as I'm concerned at least, who went from our own Baptist group. We sent him long before most of us were born, who believed that God had called himself and his wife Anne to the mission field in Burma. He and his wife went there because he believed God had called him to go there, and at the hands of the Burmese people, he suffered every kind of distress that man could possibly consider. He was beaten and his home was burned. He was imprisoned and threatened with death and would have been executed, except some people rescued him from prison. His wife was left absolutely destitute and they were separated for many, many years. And finally, when they came together, he could hardly recognize what was a beautiful girl when they went there, who was now old and drawn and gray-haired with the agony of his suffering that she had undergone. He had a desire Two things he wanted to accomplish before he died, and one of them he, was he wanted to translate the Bible into the Burmese language so that those people who had treated him ill could read that word. The other thing he wanted to do is he wanted to see a church of a hundred members established. When they finally were brought back together as husband and wife, the thing those two people did was turn and go back into Burma into the midst of the people who had done the meal because they had a goal, they had a mission, they had a purpose. And that was to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who did not know him, even to those who had done the meal. And that's why I say that we as Christian people must not feel isolated or drawn apart or separated from the peoples of the world. We ought to be in the midst of the people of the world because we love them as Jesus loved them. And we will give them the gospel of all the medicine. 
But whether they listen or not, we'll still proclaim it to those lost. Where is our place? Where the fish are. That's where it is. It goes on, verse 15. It says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. You know what? As I have discovered, and I'm sure you have as well, about Jesus, is that if there was a, a joyful occasion going on, he was there. If there was a wedding, he was there. He had a wedding that he performed his first miracle. I remember him making the, the water into wine. But if there was a funeral, he also was there. What was he saying to us? He will share with people the good and the bad. He will rejoice with those who rejoice, and he will eat with those who eat. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.